Duke, Virginia Tech. The Hokies snapped a seven-game losing streak, but Duke may have taken the biggest L of the night. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on ACC as well. He is my new co-host for basketball season. We are so excited to have you guys. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. Kenton, we got to go over Tuesday or Monday night matchup here, Virginia Tech getting past, squeaking past, really, Duke Blue Devils. But it was a lot for the Blue Devils as they had Tariq Whitehead go down and possible lower leg injury that could have him out for a significant amount of time. So not only do you lose on the road, which has been come to be your team's identity, but you also lose one of your starters. It's just, it's all bad for the Blue Devils right now. You know, I the thing that is so, so, so confusing about this Blue Devil team is I understand the home environment. I understand you play in one of the toughest home environments in all of sports, right? Not just college basketball, not just college sports, in all of sports, period. Why are y'all two entirely different teams at home and on the road? It 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 is it's a wonder. It's it's confusing. It is very, I mean, it's a part of you that just kind of wonders how. Well, I really I really think it's, you know, Duke is really known for embracing the villain role. Right. They love to come into people's homes, tear some things up, you know, wreak havoc, come back with the W and then play in front of their fans and Cameron. We've seen teams in the past of Duke where they had some struggles, especially in recent years. You know, what's my guy who just got rookie or yeah, rookie of the month? What was his name? Place where they land on magic. I see his face as I'm talking about it. Paulo Banquero. And you talk about that team and how they were really good on the road and they love being the villains and they love that narrative. And then they couldn't really find a way sometimes to win at home. I think this team is the complete opposite. They don't know how to be the bad boys. They don't know how to walk into a room where everyone fears them. And it's honestly like nobody fears them when they come into their arena, which is not of a Duke team that we're used to. Is it the Coach Shire effect? Who knows? Is it Coach Shire trying to figure out his way? He's not as, you know, I don't know. His energy is very different from Coach K. Fine, do your own thing. But he has not found his niche yet, which makes it a scary sight as his teams enter into arenas every away matchup. The ACC as a whole is good and set for a realignment in terms of where these teams land, who's good, who's not, who's a national power, who's not. College basketball, the landscape of it as a whole is changing. The landscape of this conference is, I mean, we knew that it wasn't going to be the way that it was forever. Sure. Like, that's that's just the reality. People can all say, oh, these this team's a blue blood, and this team's a blue blood, and this team's going to be good forever. No team is good forever. No program is good forever and it's looking like we are about to hit that time of realignment for some of these programs because while they're not 
bad yet. Some of these programs are definitely headed in the direction where you're looking up and saying, um, what's going on here? Uh, because even if you you look at um, throughout this conference, some of the teams that are good now are teams that have historically like, wait, when when was this a thing? When was their basketball team good? So, you know, at the end of the day, things ebb and flow. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Folks fear good teams. And that fear, that works out tangibly for you in amazing ways. Regardless of what sport you play, you get a little tighter when you think, oh, my God, this team is so good. And then you got to kind of get through that initial or if you punch them in the mouth a little bit and you say, oh, they're, they're not so bad. Then you got a chance, but you still have that initial tightness. You really what reason is there to have initial tightness against this Duke, especially if they're coming into your house where they've shown they're they're not good at doing it. Absolutely. Let's talk about the game a little bit. 78 to 75 victory for the Hokies. Grant Basile scored 15 of his 24 points. He had an excellent night, but I think it was Hunter Couture kind of showing up and dropping 15 himself. And a lot of those being threes. And I joked on Twitter that, listen, I don't know who was in the stands rooting for him tonight, but it clearly was a couple shorties that were ready to give him whatever he needed post game because he was playing like he meant it. Okay, let me tell you something. I know jokers who play like they got old ladies in the stand. He was playing like his best girl was right there with the letterman on, ready. Okay. Okay. Well, the entire okay. Duke team played that way because they shot 52.6% from three. 10 of 19 from three. So this wasn't just him. Are you talking about Virginia Tech team? Because you said Duke team. I'm sorry, this entire Virginia Tech team mm -hmm. played as if it was baddies in the front row. They went with the Jordan Poole strategy. They saw the baddies um, with the bacon. I don't know if you're watching the game, but there were people with bacon on. I don't know why, but whatever. Maybe they saw the bacon baddies. I don't know. The, maybe the bacon baddies <laughs> got them going. They, you know, they said in Blacksburg, there's nothing more that we love than a good pork loin. And okay. They, they, they saw them and they said, that center cut, ooh, that center cut. I need it. That's it um, right now. But seriously, they, they had an excellent shooting night. And I, I think that at the end of the day, that's a large part of what uh, took this Duke team down. Like, yes, there was a lot of generating open looks and, and you know, ball movement kind of working its way into getting players open looks and, and all that good stuff. But the reality is more so than anything else, they just had a very hot shooting night. Yeah. And when you have a team that has multiple players that can strike from deep, if you're having a hot night from deep, congratulations, it's going to be a good night for you. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that I want to free Mr. Filipowski. 29 points for the Duke Blue Devil. A lot of people are saying he's going to be a one and dunner. He has to go to the next level, all the good things. He is the Polish sensation. And, you know, with all the – he ain't got no pips. It's the Polish man and no pips. He was giving everything he had, playing both ends of the floor, got popped in the throat at one point during the game, but he he gave it his all, and it just wasn't enough. He's going to need some help. Jeremy Roach had a nice, a decent game. You know, I think that ultimately, though, Filipowski is going to need a lot more help from his teammates if they want to figure out how to make long runs towards this end of the season. So Filipowski came in averaging 15 and 10 on a, on a year, and you say to yourself, you know, this is a Virginia Tech team that – realistically, they should be able to do a little something with them. They got a front court that should allow them to do just a little something with them. They should figure something out. And boy, were you wrong if you believe that that was the case, because this man went off for 29 and 10, nearly doubling his yearly average. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is 
this is a young man that, like you said, this is very possibly one and done territory, right? Seven feet tall, feathery touch, good footwork, very good feel for rebounding. And he's every bit of that 230 that they say he is. Like, that's not a, a program 230 where it's like, is he because he doesn't get pushed around a lot down there he's a a solid presence down there so i wouldn't be surprised to see him um you know be donning a team's hat next year in terms of uh in terms of of going to the nba draft so Uh, the strength of being duke i definitely feel like he's gonna get a look but more than that he i mean he is a baller i'm not gonna take that away from him but what by this team is keeping you at duke not a damn thing i would say i'll take my chances i'm at least gonna explore i might not even get an agent i'm gonna explore my options i definitely see him being one of those guys there was a uh i can't remember what this had to be two years ago because two years ago duke didn't make the tournament did they i feel like they didn't in that year, they were talking about one of the players who, quote, unquote, quit on the team, and they said that they don't care about the brotherhood and they don't care about hanging banners up here. And I'm like, baby, y'all y'all not going to make the tournament. What banners are we referring to? Like, what's what's okay. going on here? Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, whether whether or not these – whether or not Duke is gets exponentially better towards the end of the season, makes a run or not, I mean – it really doesn't make sense if you're going to be a first round draft pick. And I mean, a high first round, like a lottery or better draft pick. Why would you come back? Like, baby, I don't know what NIL deal they got in place for you, but NBA money is not NFL money. It's different. It hits yeah. different. It is. You're almost up there with baseball money, which is like, if you're talking rookie basketball, I'm pretty sure is better than baseball. Baseball gets big when you're like one of the best 10 on earth, but basketball is like in terms of rookie you're you're looking at a pretty good tier there so yeah. um, go go do your thing brother go make your money you know what i mean <laughs> there's no reason for you to come back a thousand percent let's talk about some of these tuesday matchups happening tonight we but first, the NFL playoffs are here. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're at the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started, and you will get a, with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. We're rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. God, I can't even say that because you're probably locked on ACC. I don't know. You dabble your toe in a lot of things these days. But either way it goes, we're happy to have him each and every day as we talk through this basketball season. There are a lot of games, both men and women, and he is an expert in many. Let's talk about some of these Tuesday games happening. We've got Miami and Florida State. You know, normally we say Miami for Florida State, rivalry, all the things. Florida State clearly not the team that it used to be, but Miami is certainly trying to pick itself up after that close loss at Cameron Indoor and hopefully have a healthy Isaiah Wong because they're going to need him. 
You know, this Miami team is uh, three and a half point favorites while being on the road, which is very, very interesting seeing as how how much better Florida State uh, or sorry, how much better Miami has been this season than Florida State. But again, the question is, which Florida State team are we going to get? Are we going to get a Florida State team that shows up ready, that shows up determined, that shows up? This Florida State team has shown, I'm sorry, this Miami team has shown us that they can beat anybody and also that they can lose to anybody. So that is the question. What do we get out of this Miami team? Do they come out hot? Do they come out ready? Do they come out like they're prepared? Or do they come out like, you know, we'll we'll figure it out in the second half, which could make this a very different ball game. Ain't no time to do second half. I want them to come out swinging so they can show us that they are a complete team and give us a little bit of hope and glimmer as to what to come for the rest of their season. Notre Dame and NC State should be a gimme. It's at home in Raleigh. There's a lot of emotions flying from NC State right now, but hopefully they can get things back in order and pick up an easy dub as it should be at 7 p.m. on ACC Network. I'm going to tell you this. This This Notre Dame team has struggled as of late. Do not play yourself and let one loss turn into two if you are NC State. The task that is laid out in front of NC State is do not let a bad loss, or not even really a bad loss, yeah, but a loss to a rival turn into two losses. That's nonsense. You it's can't no time that. to spiral. And the, the charge for this Notre Dame team, play for Bray. That's your charge. He is on the way out. Your charge is to show him a good time, a good season, a the best that you've got on the way out. Because right now, you're in the middle of your third straight three-loss uh, streak. But they had three losses early, a win against Jacksonville, three more losses, a win against Georgia Tech, three more losses, and now you've got NC State. So can you punctuate another three-loss uh, streak with a win on the back end? Go out there, play for Bray, make something happen because this is an NC State team that may be without their best player into Quavion Smith. This is an NC State team that may be reeling and licking their wounds from a loss in, in Chapel Hill. This is an NC State team that has shown us that they can lose to almost anybody. So if y'all show up and play the right way, you can be walking out to PNC with a win. If not, you'll be you'll have your first four-loss uh, streak of the season. If nothing else, Notre Dame, fight back. I mean, Boston College taking that L was one thing, but like at least make the NC State a game, right? At least be competitive, please. Something. This is a mercy game to me. Like, don't let, don't let it go. Don't let it spiral. And that can go for both ways. Don't let it spiral. If you're the Fighting Irish, don't let it spiral out of emotions. If you're NC State, Georgia Tech and Clemson at 9 p.m. Georgia Tech. Another team that we're like, hey, don't spiral. Like, come on back. Come on, help. Let me help you. Right. We're still, we're still, you're still a decent program. Like, let's do this thing. Clemson a squeak by that Virginia Tech team with a one-point win, but no, nobody's safe ever in the ACC. Clemson, don't start now. Don't play with your food. I, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Vegas <laughs> thinks that Clemson is extremely safe. They got those young men as 11 point favorites here. You know? I, I I don't know why. I eleven <laughs> kind of seems big. Um, yeah, we put our faith, folks. I, I'm not gonna lie. I put my faith in uh, Clemson to take care of business on the road in Wake Forest, and boy, did they let me down. And and you know, Vegas was right that time, and I went against them. Well, I'm gonna go back against them this time, 
and say, I don't know how you swing this that game to this game and say, oh, they're going to be pissed off, so they're going to beat on this team relentlessly. Listen, this is not a good Georgia Tech team. Passner is having a tough season. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a tough season for them. But I, I'm not sure if I'm saying that there's a 11-point a win to be had here um, for Clemson, for Hunter Tyson and company. I don't think anybody is an 11-point 11, 11 favorite in the ACC at this point of the season. I, w- I would argue that that's not for anybody. You know, I, I agree. I agree. Again, uh, from a 10-point loss to a one-point victory over a struggling Georgia, uh, Virginia Tech team to now we are expecting you to win this one by nearly two touchdowns? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> North Carolina heads to New York to face Syracuse, and they are four-point favorites, but it'll be on ESPN. It's a night game. It's a Tuesday late night game for UNC. Obviously, you know you got to stop Armando Baycott. This Armando Baycott-Jesse Edwards matchup is going to be fun. Who else is going to help? Honestly, either team. Is Joe Girard going to go off? Maybe. Is Caleb going to finally figure out how to shoot? Possibly. Is RJ going to come in and be like, I got this, bro. Don't even worry about it. So many storylines and narratives. Where do we even begin? Well, if RJ goes to the free throw line for 14 shots, I think being said um this is this is a, a tough matchup for Syracuse this is a mm-hmm. really tough matchup for Syracuse because you know Candace did I, I don't I know basketball runs in your bloodlines and all that but let me ask you this do you know what zone defenses are particularly bad at doing um protecting the front court defensive rebound against the four mm, defensive okay. rebounding obviously i'm a swimmer there you guys goes in case right. anyone in case anyone didn't know i swam in college i don't know what he's referencing i'm just joking but go ahead it's okay it's all right but uh the the reality is very simple yeah you're you're going to struggle at times to defensive rebound because when you are in zone when you're in man the person that you're supposed to box out you always know where they are or at least you should know hypothetically yeah where they are in relation to you in zone no such thing happens you just try to put a body on a body and make it happen and sometimes the body squeaks through especially one as massive and as as rebound seeking as armando baycott so that could be a, a very good matchup with him and edwards and baycott while he has been a an, on an absolute tear offensively if you watch the nc state game uh nance was switched on the burns for a reason fairly early in that game and he didn't come off there's a yeah. reason for that so edwards what you got what you got, that's that's going to be a very interesting matchup. But like you said, I don't think it's just going to be about those two. I think it's also going to be about the other guys, the supporting yeah. cast, the how do they how do these supporting cast share the ball? If you're going to play hero ball, are you at least going to be good at it? Because we've seen Gerard shoot Syracuse into some games, and we've seen them shoot them out. We've Hello. seen Love shoot them into some games. We've seen them shoot them out. So, you know, the, the question is, whose supporting cast are going to be better? Because I think – I think that it's safe to say, statistically, there's going to be an advantage Baycott in terms of him and Edwards one-on-one matchup, sure. But when you go from there, what are you looking at in terms of the other guys stepping in? If we were going to put a bet down, this is probably going to be the most shot threes of any ACC game this season. I, I just have a feeling everyone's going to be shooting at the gym, not because they make it, but just because they're going to attempt, because they're going to be the hero. This is going to be a hero game. 
Not some, somebody's going to be the absolute villain. Look, we'll table that. I can't wait to see it. We're going to switch gears here to talk about some of the women's games that took place on Sunday. We always love to go over our women's coverage because like we tell you every single time, if you don't know anything about ACC women's basketball, you're doing yourself a disservice. There are nothing but ballers. There's almost nine teams that may make the NCAA tournament. So Get your popcorn ready now. I already feel like it's going to be a great ACC tournament. So we want to go through some of these women's games that took place. First up, Syracuse and Duke. The Duke women's basketball team coming off of that in North Carolina loss found their way to bounce back with a big 62-50 to victory over the Orange women. I like where things are going for the Blue Devils. I like what Coach Lawson is doing with the girls. I think that they are moving in the right direction. It's just a matter of put, building consistent wins. Absolutely. And Celeste Taylor has been one of the most consistent players um, in the ACC this year. I, I don't think that it can be argued in any meaningful way that she hasn't. I mean, if you look at her numbers, they're not necessarily like jumping out the gym and saying like, oh, my God, she's going crazy. However, her efficiency in literally every single way has improved in terms of um, how she's getting her points and how she's doing what she's doing for this team. So. I think that this Duke team is one that you look at and you say to yourself, they just keep finding ways to win. Regardless of what you thought about them coming into the year, you have to put some respect on their name because they continue to win. Absolutely. ACC Player of the Week, Elizabeth Kitley and team for the Virginia Tech Hokies put up a big W, 74-57 to victory against Wake Forest. And it's funny because Wake Forest went through the whole coaching thing. They switched gears and it just feels like they've been off ever since. Obviously, the Hokies are a good team, but I think it speaks more sometimes about what could have been had they just let the regime keep it moving. But Wake is definitely in a little bit of a rut. You know, when you're in a rut, the the worst thing to happen is to have one of the best players in in the conference come through. And Elizabeth Kitley said, oh, no, y'all are struggling. Let me help you out. Here's 28. Here's 12 <laughs> on top of that 28. You're, you're, you never want to see one of the best players in the country, let alone the conference, uh, come through your building when, when, you know, you're having a bit of it. Or you never want to travel on the road to play a team that is that tough um, when you're going through some struggles. And unfortunately, that's that's the buzzsaw that Wake found themselves caught in. And, you know, it's it's been a struggle. Absolutely. And then we talk about road games, a big road win for the Wolfpack. NC State taking on Louisville, 63-51 to 51 victory for the Pack. And it was a great matchup because it was a we back the Pat. Uh, we back the Pat. We back Pat. Let me try it again. Pat Summit, you know, Alzheimer's awareness, all the good things that come of that. And just, you know, really growing the women's game, I think, was a great opportunity to highlight two really good coaches, but more importantly, two really good programs. And right now, Louisville is in a, definitely a rut, <laughs> but NC State had to figure out how to win and win with, you know, a group of girls. I think it took a lot of people to figure out that W on Sunday. I'll tell you this much. I, I think if you're talking about these two teams who's in the rut, NC State was in a much worse place than uh, sure. Louisville coming in. Because, I mean, losing more than half of your previous six is is just not what yeah. ha what NC State fans or this team has become accustomed to. Um, but with that being said, this game was as tough as, you know, right down back and forth as you would expect from two teams that have been the cream of the crop, the class of the conference for the past few years. I mean – I believe the last three, no, 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 not the last three, because Miami beat uh, Louisville in the 
um, tournament last year. But two of the last three ACC championship games in terms of the tournament were these two teams. So, you know, you you expect to see a very tough, hotly contested game, which it was, right? The score does not indicate how close this game was. Right. It was just a fourth quarter in which, I don't know, somebody had to put a lid on that basket or somebody had to be using a mask, uh, um, a what is the magnet to keep the ball out because it just seemed like everything Louisville put up was no good. And so, you know, that four points that NC State held them to in the fourth quarter, part of it was defensive intensity that was good. Another part of it was just Haley Van Lith had one of the worst games of, of her um, her season. You know, she came in averaging 20, and in this game, I, I believe she had nine or so. So, you know, that's a that's a tough thing to get over. And, of course, NC State coming in and, and playing balanced basketball and having multiple players show up and show out. Also, Van Lith had 11 instead of her uh, instead of her regular 20. But that 11 came on four of 20 shooting, 0 of three from D. So, but you know, yeah. I think also Morgan Jones, Mojo had a really good game. But it's you know you got to have all of your stars. She fired from all cylinders, especially when you're going up against a team like NC State. Absolutely, like, and, and NC State seniors uh, came to play. You know what I mean? When you look at what you what you talk about in terms of what has gone wrong for NC State this season, it's been a lot of help. It's been a lot of health stuff. In the past few years, they've been relatively healthy. They've been very very lucky in terms of health. And this year, it hasn't been the case. It hasn't been yeah. the case. You've seen Diamond Johnson miss some time. You've seen River Baldwin miss some time. You've seen uh, Jada Boyd miss some time. And, and so now you're looking at a situation where Jada Boyd comes off the bench in this game and puts up, I want to say, about 15 points in, in 15 minutes or so. And, you yeah, know, you're 20 minutes. 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, you can't can't beat that with a stick. 15 to 7 in 23 minutes. That would have stick. Talking about Virginia and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, number seven team in the country, beating the Cavaliers 76 to 64. Another great win for the Fighting Irish as they keep climbing the charts to be a, a solid top 10 program. Florida State beat Pitt 74 to 37. Pitt, I gave you all these compliments last week, and then you just come up here and embarrass me. But, you know, we could talk about it on the side. We're going we're gonna to have to pull you to the side. Clemson and Boston College, they faced off 67 to 57 with Clemson coming out with the victory and North Carolina beating Georgia Tech 70-57. The Tar Heels doing what they do best in terms of bounce-back wins against a team they're supposed to beat in this season. The season they figured out how to do that. I'm not saying that's typically of them, but this is what they're figuring out so far. All in all, teams that are supposed to win picked up Ws. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. A lot of girls, you know, have to get their games right. You know, as we're just climbing the charts, I know I know North Carolina moved up to number 11, but a lot of people are figuring out where they fit in terms of these national standings. And it's so important that we get as many programs into the NCAA tournament as possible. So there's no time to sleep. Every night, you got to be your best night. There's still opportunities left for a lot of these uh, ladies. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, this is this to me is probably the most crucial part of the season because, you know, in boxing, they say steal around. Right. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, what it means to, quote unquote, steal around is that you have a lot of activity that goes your way late, which may not have been indicative of how the round went overall. But now it's scored in your favor because that's the last thing the judges remember. Exact same thing happens all the time with basketball, be it women's or men's basketball, the reality is if you can find a way to down the stretch, get really good, what you did leading up to that stretch where you were really good, 
oftentimes will be overlooked because you found a way to steal a spot. You found a way to steal a spot in the tournament because a team that had been better than you throughout the season just hit a slump at the wrong time and you're trending in opposite directions. And guess who the tournament is going to favor nine times out of 10? The team that's trending in the right direction. Thousand All right, guys, come back tomorrow as we talk through some of these Tuesday games. We'll go through the men's cycle and then, of course, preview some of the women's. There's a lot to be said for who is still figuring out who they are as a team and who is pretty much set in their ways. And we'll just try it. Try again next year. All of that we'll have for you for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until